going on everybody this is the Chondrocast, the podcast for green tree pythons and the people that keep them i'm your host justin smith of palmetto coast exotics enjoy the show So we are recording. This is episode three of the Chondrocast. I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics, and I'm here with Mr. Mark Hager. Oh yeah, is that how you pronounce? That's how you pronounce your house name, right? Yep. Yep. Oh. You uh, you were saying it correctly. Bam. Hager. And you can find Mark on Instagram and Facebook at uh, Texas Chondros. He's got a really cool Instagram account that does a lot of cool reposting and a lot of his own uh, his own snakes and it was sort of the inspiration for starting the Condorcast Instagram. I asked some people, they were like, "Do it," but it's been going kind of well. I need to get more stuff on there. But uh, what's uh, what's happening on your end, man? Dude, I uh, I'm just hanging out, but I'm I'm honored to know that that there was some inspiration given that's uh, <laughs> that's cool well it was tough because i was like you know i only have a handful of green trees and i post enough of those on the palmetto coast account so it's like what am i going to do blow up more more people with the uh you know the my own stuff which i really didn't want to do but then it was like if i do more repost stuff then i feel like i'm kind of like there's only so many pictures of those to repost that you and uh the other guy over across across the way who owns the Green Tree Pythons account. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, oh, I don't want to be doing all the same stuff. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how far sure. that one will go. I just kind of want to have it just to be there. And I'm, you know, I'm bored. I like Instagram a lot. I'm on there a lot. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I It's it's really been super cool to to start the Texas Condors account. You know, I, I actually, like, I didn't plan on starting it for, like, my own snakes and my own stuff like the whole the whole reason i started it was to like create community and like like try and the the whole mindset that i had with it was man like all these there's so many awesome people with incredible green tree pythons Mm -hmm. in texas and like we can all, you know, we can all fight for likes or whatever, or try and do stuff on our own. But if we had something that we did together, like, dude, we could, we could get so much more exposure, so much more, uh, you know, just likes and just like get so many more people hyped on green trees Definitely. if we work together on it. And so that was the whole thing. Was man, I wanna, I wanna show off the chondros that texas keepers have and i want to you know like like when i started i think i only had maybe like like three or four snakes um and man the the account has has done really well and it's it's just been really cool to to help other people like get more followers and get more exposure and then you know get messages from people that are like hey i like I found your account and I want to get a green tree mm-hmm. and dude, that's, that's super cool. Like 
I don't know. It's been it's been really fun. Yeah, and that's kind of been the motivation for why I'm doing this and starting that Instagram is, you know, it's at least another feeler out there. It's another thing for someone to find, you know, that they may have not otherwise have found that kind of sparks an interest and then it kind of grows from there or ends there, whatever. But it just it gets the species in front of more people. And uh, <clears throat> it's I find it kind of funny that there is like a there's like a uh, Texas crowd as far as Condro guys and then there's a big Colorado crowd of Condro guys and it's just fun there's like these sort of pockets and then everyone else is kind of on their own but uh who yeah. else who else is out there on your end dude we got we got some heavy hitters over here I I'm super lucky we have Bill Stiegel mm-hmm. uh he's he's probably 30 minutes away from me and so nice. um I go over and visit Bill and his collection pretty often and he's he's just got everything mm-hmm. um and then patrick holmes yep uh is like he's like 20 minutes away from me he's super close um quade uh used to live in fort worth now he's down um in college station he's got some incredible like some of the nicest bx yeah i've um, seen those yeah they're they're killer i actually i sold him his super first condo high black yeah and it was it was that um that high yellow one Slytherin mm-hmm. that he has and i i <laughs> dude i every time he posts a picture of it i'm like shoot damn you like, yeah, why, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why did it turn out looking so good but yeah he he's got uh he's only got three chondros but they're they're all awesome yeah. Uh, Jason Brumley is in right. Uh, yeah. Houston area uh, with Brumley Reptiles. Matt Morris is down in Austin. Um, he's got some killer stuff. And, um, Evan Browder. Yeah. Dude, Evan, Evan is like the biggest Chondro hype man of all time. He is. He's a trip. <laughs> so he's, he's yeah. in the, uh, he's in Joe, uh, Joe's from the ground up podcast chat a lot. Most nights. Yeah. And that's on. Yeah, so it's always sure. funny to, yeah, we kinda... used to have Joe. Joe lived like like fifteen minutes. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, and then he just moved up to Philly and mm-hmm. um, him and Melissa. We we miss having him down here, but uh, you know, it's everyone kind of gives me a hard time because they're like, if you could go herp in like one place, what would it be? And like Southwest Texas is almost always my answer. Yeah. And then people give me a hard time for it. They're like, really? You got all these? I mean, Costa Rica would be up there too, but Southwest Texas, like, I want to see. Bairds in the wild. I want to see gray band kings in the wild. You know, there's just there's even into like north, like the Mexican, the mountains there and stuff nearby uh, across the border. And there's all the rattlesnakes. Uh, yeah, dude, I would. There's so I much cool stuff out there. Texas indigo in the wild. That too. Like, dude, that that would be that would just be the ultimate. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we got we got some cool stuff down here. You know, the the thing is, I, I think they were talking about this on a. Uh, on NPR the other day, you know, they were talking about the Australia trip and whatever, yeah. herping in Australia and everything. And, and it's like, dude, we, we think so much about like, Oh, like where are all the crazy exotic places yeah. that I want to go herp. And we never think like, Oh, we like, I wonder if there's people on the other side of the world that want to come here. See, and there and, definitely is. Cause I thought about know? that exact same thing. And I, you know, when and I look at find a cop- indigo, snakes, yeah. find well, Texas alligator lizards, find the thing that, you know, timber rattlesnakes. Yeah. Like, the one that, that sort of 
made me realize that too was like copperheads like i see mm-hmm. copperheads and i'm like man there's people you know overseas that think copperheads are just the coolest thing just like the same yeah. way i look at you know uh uh, I don't even know the common name of them, but the, it's the uh, Vipera amadites. It's one of those European adder species, and it's like they probably see those things and they're like, oh, look, another one of these damn things. Like whatever. Yeah, I mean, same dude, way we I, look at I copperheads, but it's like copperheads yeah. all the time, and like move them <clears throat> off the bike trail, and we don't think twice <laughs> about it. No, but there's people no. overseas that are like, man, that'd be the coolest thing ever. Like seeing corn snakes in the wild. There's plenty of people overseas that would love to go and find corn snakes the same way we'd love to go and find you know radiated rat snakes in india or something yeah so. yeah it's crazy you don't you don't appreciate what you have right you, you always it's that that whole grass is always greener thing you're always looking looking at someone else's yard mm-hmm. thinking man if i could just go over there i would it would be pretty sweet to find carpet pythons in my backyard though if i lived in australia that wouldn't be too shabby. i am i am kind of jealous of that like it'd be pretty sweet mm-hmm. but again it'd be like finding black racers here in south carolina like i literally see those things and i don't even bother trying to chase them or nothing i'm like oh look right it's like the annals the annals are f- like falling out of the freaking trees here they're everywhere in the spring especially see them everywhere i don't even bother trying to do anything with them it's like yeah they're they're like ants you know they're just yeah it's completely uh like arbitrary <clears throat> yep the racers are just there's no point catching the racers they're mean they're not any fun i'm too fat and slow to catch them in the first place <laughs> and uh like i said when you do catch them they're, they're not they're not that enjoyable yeah so. they make you pay yes they do <clears throat> but uh how many how many condors you got right now uh so right now i have mm, let's see nine adults yeah Okay. Nine adults. Um, so I have I have um, nine chondros and uh, two. I have a pair of rhino rat snakes. Oh yeah. And that's that's my that's my collection right now. I'm honestly kind Pretty, of, I'm kind of jealous. On on what on the rhinos? No, just having like a smaller collection like that. Oh, like I know yeah. I kind of ask for it when I do it to myself like that, but sometimes I hear about people having you know small collections of chondros where they're like, yeah, I only have like six chondros and that's it. It's like, oh, that sounds sweet. Yeah, man. I honestly, I I don't think. I mean, I I I might I might add a couple more, but I I don't think I'll ever have more than you know. 12 or 15 max like any anything over that you know i there's there's something to be said for having the smaller collection where you know you know you know each snake individually you you pay attention to them you have time to to like look at each one and make sure like if one's perching weird or you know it's like okay something something's going on here like whether it's it's good or bad or just something interesting like like all my snakes, I, I, I do a lot of soaking. I, mm-hmm. I soak my snakes a ton, and and so like I notice when a snake starts going like at the very early stages of going into shed, because I only have a couple of snakes to pay attention to. Right. And so from that second on, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna soak this snake like every other day until it sheds, and you know, with a a huge like massive collection even you know even 20 snakes it, it's 
going to be like pretty hard to manage that. Yeah. At least, well, I can, at least for I me in the way that. that I keep. Cause there are some days, you know, like, cause we, me and Jacob have the Amazon tree bows we went in on together and the, like my bear rats and stuff. I don't worry about too much cause those don't really require much attention, uh, in terms of the, you know, shedding or anything like that. But it definitely like when I come home from work and there's stuff that needs to be done sometimes it's like, Oh man, not tonight. Yeah. Like I just, <laughs> I just want to go to bed. Yeah. Well, <laughs> when it starts taking you like multiple hours to do yeah. like yeah. a a cleaning of your snake room or like when it takes you, you know, more than an hour to change all the water bowls. Oh man. Yeah. That, Fortunately I'm not at that mind, point like, yet, but that is why I got out of the crested. You know, the crested were taken up. I was putting in so many hours each week when I had crested, man. I, when I, yeah. I finally just got to a point where I was just kind of burnt out on them. And I, you know, I had the green trees and I said, man, I really want to focus on these and other snakes. Cause I'm a snake guy at heart. You know, I like some lizards, but the Cresteds were fun. I did those, but it was like, I always was, they were never part of the long-term plan. Yeah. I was always like, you know, I'll do these for a while and then eventually I'll just focus on snakes again. And I got I don't know, at least eight hours of my week back just from the Cresteds. It was probably more than that. Oh, totally. Uh, you know, it's like, there's, I, I came to the realization that there's some species that I, man, I, I would love to to be up close with and you know maybe maybe have for a little while but i i just came to terms with like man that's a species that i can appreciate right and and i don't need to keep it i don't need to i don't need to you know have uh one or a pair or you know whatever Mm -hmm. with me because you know i can i can appreciate them from afar yeah. So it, I don't need to. I don't need to worry about having it. I I've taken the the much more focused approach, um, to where I I don't think I'll I'll be adding any other species anytime soon. Well, that's sometimes I have days where I think about it, where I'm like, man, if it's not a conjure, I'm gonna get rid of it. But I I love my bear drats too much. I love my brettles too much. You know, some of the other stuff is what I consider kind of non-essential personnel. Yeah. But there's just there's other species that I uh, I just I have I can't I can't not have because I love my brettles they're such cool snakes yeah dude brettles pythons are awesome they're they're one that I would definitely consider uh, we have uh, uh, Austin Warwick he oh yeah yeah pretty yeah. close and so I, I've gone up and and seen his stuff and uh, dude his his bread lie are just insane mm-hmm. like, they're they're super cool you know there's just not another snake like them like they are they're such a unique morelia well that's the thing about them that that is so appealing to me is just the fact that you know they're not neon colored like as is they're just gorgeous snakes you know even if they're not the super bright reds or the you know they're just they're naturally just a very pretty snake and i think they get overlooked a lot due to you know female size and not being neon colored like a lot of ball morphs and stuff but yeah they're such they're easily my favorite python you know second to chondros they're just they're they're so cool they're so easy to keep they're so mellow most of them uh you know i love them i have three here jacob has a female that'll probably end up coming and staying with me at some point when he uh gets more scrubs we kind of talked about that i was like you can keep the scrubs i really don't have the space (laughs) for those like but then I'm taking a second female brettle eye that'll eventually be, you know, a decent size. and That's cool. We'll figure what, that uh, out. But <clears throat> Are you guys working with specific lines? Uh, not necessarily. His female came from Stephen Cotts. Um, mm-hmm. 
His is a really nice, it's a it's a nice lighter red. Mine's got a lot more contrast going on with the pattern and the, you know, the darker tail and my male, he, well, both my males are nothing uh, specific, but I don't know. I mean, they're, they're one of those species where I don't think it's that big of a deal that yeah. people know if it's a Harris or a A4s or, you know, LASIK or anything like that. Yeah. Because they're all nice. Totally. That's cool. Those rhino rats are cool though too, man. I've I've been wanting my hands on some of those for a long time. They they, they seriously are so cool. I I never would have thought that that I like that I would have gotten rhino rats. I I got these from from Terry Burwell and and he actually gifted them to me. He he came and and stayed at my house uh, carpet fest mm-hmm. last year. And we were just talking, and I, I had a an extra um, vision cage that I wasn't using, and and he was like, "Oh, dude, that's my favorite dimension vision cage." And I was like, "Man, just take it. Like, I, I'm not doing anything with it. If you want it, you can have it." And then maybe a month later, he sent me a pair of rhino rats, and I was like, "Dude, I like, I don't even know. Like, they're cool, but..." like do i really want these i'm i'm you know i've been this like diehard chondro guy and that's right. been my mindset and now that i have the rhinos i'm like god these things are so cool like they're super inquisitive they like they'll they'll hide for a little while and then all of a sudden they'll peek their head out like when you're in the room and they'll kind of follow you around and they uh they do this swaying with their head like like when they're hanging off a, a branch, I, I have them set up in, in actual cages Yeah. Um, where they have, you know, they're not in, you can keep them in tubs, but I don't. Um, but they'll hang on these, on the branches that I have in there and they'll, they'll sway their head like they're in the wind. Huh. And kind dude, of like chameleons will do. Yeah. Sort yeah, of that little so like odd cool. jerking sort of rocking. Yeah, exactly. Huh. And, uh, and they're just, they're just awesome. I'm, I'm so, so thankful that I have them here because they're like I, I I probably never would have spent money to get them, mm-hmm. but uh, but man they they are so cool and I'm now looking back I'd be like dude these guys are are worth every penny that you could <laughs> spend on them because they're they're just such different cool snakes. I've heard that they're kind of a bitch to get going when they're when they're young, like they're. They're strange. They're strange snakes when they're small, as far as dietary needs and stuff. From from what I understand, but you get them rocking and rolling on mice, you're golden. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the thing. Like I, once Terry Terry was telling me that once they're on mice, they are seriously bulletproof. Like mm-hmm. you cannot you cannot do anything to kill them. Like the the worst thing you could do would be to to heat them up too much. Yeah, you keep and, them on the cooler end, right? What do you what do you keep yours at? Dude, I don't even have heat on the cage. Oh wow! And so they like their their cage is totally unheated. There's no no heat, no light, no anything. There's like some places for them to hide. There's a water bowl for them, like that's big enough for them to like actually get in. They mm-hmm. do like to soak. Um, and then there's tons of branches and stuff to climb on, and that's it. Like they're <laughs> they're so easy. Like fresh water. And you feed them, huh. and they're like they're, they don't require any heat. They like mine. Mine stay in like the mid seventies. Mm-hmm. 
and are great. Wow. Like they're they're one of those species that are just they they're backwards from any other everything like, you've been like told is notion <laughs> of snake. Yeah. Like when they get colder, they want to eat more. And you're like, what is going on? Yeah. Like I thought you had to you had to heat up to digest this stuff. And dude, they don't. They really they do much better in, in like cooler temperatures in that that mid even low seventies. Mm-hmm. Like it's pretty wild. Yeah, that's strange. And that's kind of the thing like with brettles that I like is, you know, something happens, the power cuts out for a night or something. You know, you'd actually come to find and talking to Casey Cannon about this too, he's like most of the time in the winter, I honestly find most of my bretelae eye on the cool end of the cage anyway. So they, they do have this strange sort of propensity for those cooler temperatures. Like my, my little male, I see him on the cool end even when it drops. You know, I keep the house at around 70, but some nights it drops a little lower. and He doesn't care, man. He's still just hanging out on the cool end. Kind of goes back and forth, but they're just they're so rock solid when it comes to that stuff. And I, you know, like I've like I've said in other other shows and talking to other people about them, like if you kill a, a bretelai, like you are really screwing up. If you, yeah, if you, you are you are trying one of those really hard to kill because <laughs> they are not uh, not easy snakes to kill. You know where they come from. They're just they're they experience some really insane temperature uh, ranges and. Yeah, seasons and it's it's no wonder why they're still around and and out there. So, hmm. <clears throat> but so you uh, as far as your green trees, you paired some what last year? Yeah, yeah. So I I've let's see, I've paired I've, I've two females and I, I've paired them um, for the last uh two well one of them i paired last year for the first time uh my my big biak female mm-hmm. paired her last time or last year she went the distance laid eggs um and due to my own uh i guess i'll call it negligence uh all all the eggs went went bad during incubation Ooh. it would do it's a heartbreaker yeah. So it still hurts. Yeah. Like, but it's, um, but it's all right. You know, you live and you learn. And I, I, I had a, uh, I think I had my fan in the incubator turned up too high. Mm-hmm. And so it was just drying stuff out. And so, uh, even though I had the eggs over water, like in a, in a sealed thing, just, the dryness that was going on in the mm-hmm. incubator. I didn't. I didn't have any water pans or anything in the incubator right. either, and so all the eggs just one by one kind of dried out. And even even some that went like like so long in the process. I mean, they the, the last ones were still like pretty like they're still looking okay mm-hmm. um, during the last week. And you know, I. I cut open some of the eggs like at the predicted hatch day just to see like what was actually in there how far along they got yeah and they i mean dude there's fully formed neos in there just dried out like they it but it but it was so it was really like uh i guess enlightening to me of like man i chondro eggs like they are tough. 
Yeah. They, yeah. you know, they're not, they're not, you know, colubrid eggs where you can just, you know, do whatever with them or ball python eggs where they're, you know, you can do all types of stuff with them. But mm-hmm. like in my mind, I, you know, I've always thought like, dude, if, if chondro eggs don't have like the at like absolute precise elements of humidity and, you know, yeah. airflow yeah. and temperature, like they're, they're going to crash immediately. Like they right. just can't do it. But do they like, despite my terrible incubation, like they still like they got held close on. To yeah. yeah. And then, you know, you saw, um, who, who was it recently that, um, that posted something where he didn't realize his incubator. Oh, that was Waffa. That was yeah, Brad. Yeah. yeah. Brad Waffa. He, dude, his, his eggs went like 80 days. Mm hmm or something and i think we lose sight of that though like we we forget like if these things were that fragile and that delicate that species would be extinct yeah like we totally we totally don't give them enough credit and that's something me and brian fisher talked about in the last episode was like these things are a lot sturdier than we give them credit for you know be it adults be it babies be it eggs yeah you just got to pay attention like that's all yeah totally you know, I, I even, like, dude, I, I spent the first, like, three or four years of keeping chondros where I, I kid you not, I would walk into my into my snake room, like, where I keep the, the snakes. I would walk in every morning expecting to find one dead. Yeah. And, and I never did. I just, every single morning, I was like... Oh, like I was hesitating to open the door because I was like, oh, these it's fragile snakes. The like yep. I heard that you know if if anything goes wrong, they're just gonna die. And today is the day I'm gonna open the door. And I'm not like a crazy worrier, but like there was just that mindset of mm-hmm. Dude, these are such advanced snakes where if everything's not perfect, like they'll keel over overnight. You know. No. And. And I, you know, I haven't kept them perfectly. Like, um, I've done plenty of mistakes, but man, they, they are like, they, they want to live and they are hardier if given the, the right, Mm -hmm. you know, limitations and parameters than I thought they were. And And that's what I tell people when they ask me about them. I'll have people message me and be like, are they hard to keep? And I'm like, they're really not. They just require more attention to detail than corn snakes will or yeah know, exactly i they think just, they're for gotta, a specific type of keeper yeah you gotta like, you gotta put in the money to get them set up right and and you're golden like they're super easy to keep and like i said they just require more of an initial investment as far as the actual animal and the caging and stuff goes for adults at least you know babies totally. you can get away with with tubs and stuff if you want but I don't know. They just they they that that stigma of you know the days of old of them being really hard to keep and difficult. Or after keeping them for just under two years now, it's like no, these things are actually probably some of the easiest snakes I've ever kept. Like they're they're literally no more difficult than you know my Antaresia or anything like that. They're just you gotta you gotta pay attention to them. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, for sure. But um. So yeah, sorry. I so I, I had that one female. She uh-huh. she went the distance. I have another female that I've paired. This is this is the third year that I've paired her, and she has never never showed any signs 
Um, and some, it, I think a lot of it is my, my males are the most prude, like just <laughs> like, dude, they are freaking like junior high dance, yep. like stand on the other side of the room type of males. And so, uh, it's, it's been really frustrating because I like, you know, you, you have these snakes that have the genetics that you want. You have the pairing picked out and you put them together and the, the male is just not interested, whether it's the male, not interested or the female, like glaring at him saying, don't you touch me. Yeah. Get away from me. Yeah. Either way. It's, it's super frustrating. But, uh, this year I, I have a male paired with, uh, with this, this other female and he is, dude, he's one of those snakes that would, just breed a broomstick like. <laughs> and so he he's worn her down and they have locked a ton um hopefully she'll she'll go the distance this year that's how but, it was for my pair like i put him in there and he was on her in a heartbeat it was like that same night he made a beat like i literally took him out of his his cage and put him into hers and he just went straight to her yeah, and yeah, then no she hesitation. like she I could tell she was kind of like who are you and what are you doing here and she just kept cruising and he was just right behind her the entire time like he didn't give her a break I felt bad for her honestly because like every morning I'd wake up she'd move to one end of the cage and then before I left for work I'd check again she'd be at the other and he's right there next to her the entire time if not <laughs> on top of her and I'm like man it must suck to be you but yeah he got the job yep. done eventually like I said I saw a ton of locks too but I didn't have any sort of action in terms of, you know, follicles or anything like that. So I was like, okay, well, he's just going to stay in there until something happens, which was pretty much what I was advised to do and, you know, put them together until you get eggs. And yeah. <clears throat> did you, did you witness the, the ovulation? I did. And it was, the funny thing was, is like, this is, so I thought it was just follicle development. Mm-hmm. And after the episode I did with Brian last episode, uh, I messaged him and I was like, yeah, like, is there supposed to be like a pre-ovulation shed? Because she's going into a shed cycle, but I haven't seen ovulation yet. Like I saw fo- what looked like follicle development because she got big, but she didn't get like super huge. Like you see in a lot of the pictures and stuff. Yeah. It wasn't like, it wasn't oh super God, dramatic. Yeah. It was big, but it, it wasn't anything crazy. I mean, I look at the pictures now and I'm like, you're an idiot. That was totally an ovulation. Like what? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know what I was thinking, but I sent him the pictures. He's like, well, when she stopped eating, I said, last meal was like the beginning of December. She hasn't, you know, I've offered it three times and she still caught a lure sometimes, but she won't take it, which yeah. is strange because she never refuses a meal. And, uh, <clears throat> sent him the pictures. He's like, dude, that's your, that's your prelay coming up. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. So then I was, that's killer. yeah, that kind of was nice. Cause I'm sitting here waiting for the ovulation. I'm like, man, this is never going to happen. And then it's like, dude, that was it like a month ago. So. That's got the fun. egg box ready. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna if she's gonna stay with them, I'll do maternal. Yeah, um, that's awesome. When when is she due to lay? Do you think? Um, I'm thinking around the 11th, like right after we get back from Carpet Fest, which will be nice. Cool. Uh, hopefully, if everything goes according to schedule. That's awesome. But I have you're gonna egg... do maternal with her. Yeah, and I have an egg box ready to go and the incubator ready and. It's actually that's awesome. Her... Have you done maternal with any other? No, I haven't. Before? Nope. This is my first time breeding pythons. Period. Oh my gosh, dude, you have some cojones on you. Oh, it's like I told Brian, man, if anyone's in a position to do this, you know, to try it out, it's probably me because I really got nothing to lose. You know, the eggs don't work out, whatever. I got another female I'll just pair up later this year and do artificial. 
whatever. I got that. Like I told other people, I got the rest of my life to, to get this and figure it out, you know, to make it yeah. happen. So I'm in no, no hurry. Dude, more power to you, man. I, I mean, like, like you've said, like, you know, like everyone said, these, like they know what they're doing. Yeah, and these, they've been maternally you know, incubating way longer than we've been around, so clearly yeah, they haven't figured out. So you know, it's with with snakes that have you know higher price tags and you know are less um, uh, like less fertile, where they're right. not like producing huge clutches, and you know they they have to take a year off. Like I, I think the the desire for us to want to jump in and control stuff. Mm-hmm increases the more each of those uh, those categories like get higher and higher like yeah. we we want to jump in and control stuff but the fact is like they, they, like they know what they're doing they they've been doing this for millennia mm-hmm. like they they know how to incubate eggs and if you give them the right the right stuff they'll they'll do the best they can if if they can yeah, and I've been talking to you know a bunch of people about it. Brian's been a huge help talking to Brian Fisher, uh, obviously talking to Harlan, talking to Justin Julander. You know, I have the best of the best at my disposal, and that's the great thing about the Condor community is it's small-ish. You know, everyone kind of knows everybody to some degree, but having access to guys that actually have experience and know what they're doing and kind of picking their brains about it and it's pretty handy, but. Frischer's advice and Harlan agreed with this is you know check her when she lays and then literally don't go in the cage until like day 47 yeah leave her alone you know they uh, Fisher thinks that a lot of the issues with people who are doing maternal uh, is that they don't leave the females alone you know they're in there every day yeah, lifting the box and checking on her and stuff like that and he's like and what I'm gonna do is I'm going to take some newspaper or something. I'm actually going to tape up the front of the cage entirely, and then I'll just peek in, you know, under that yeah, change, periodically. Change but... the water every week. And, yeah. <clears throat> and then just leave her be. He's, he's like, that's the reason people, you know, she she bails on it because she thinks that there's something, you know, it's not a good nest site because there's something constantly, you know, exposing her. And I don't know. I think there's something to it, but we'll see. And yeah. I, like I said, yeah. I don't plan on breeding her you know, next year I'm okay with her taking a year off. The only reason I'm doing it with her is because she's a she's a huge biox. She's gigantic. Really? You know, I think she can yeah. handle it better than than my other female could. My other female is about the same size as my male, and she's supposed Do to. Do you be know roughly how much she weighs? Oh. You think she's north of a hundred grams? I mean, sorry, thousand grams. It wouldn't surprise me. She's in cool. a four foot API, and she goes the length of that, and probably then and then some. Yeah, she's wow. she's easily close to the five foot mark, if not a little more. She's she's huge, man. She's big. That's awesome. That's cool. And and you bred her to a Biak male, right? Yeah, a Biak type male. I don't. He was my first chondro. Well, I had a chondro years ago as a kid that failed miserably. I won't even get into that, but it died. Um, so this guy I got, I ended up trading a pair of caramel carpets for this guy. He was from Craigslist, and he's been with me for the last two years now. Uh, it just so That's happened awesome. to work out that I ended up with a pair of them because my buddy was getting rid of most of his snakes because uh, he got remarried, and so he was like, hey, if you want this this green tree, which ended up being the female, he sold her to me for like 400 bucks, and so it just the stars aligned right that I just had a pair of them, and I was like, sweet. So Yeah, that's killer. I took my time with it, though. You know, I, when I started keeping them, I was like, I'm not going to rush into this. You know, I'm going to 
get some time under my belt with, with just keeping them before jumping into breeding. And I think that's a lot of people, you know, a lot of people, all they want to do, they just want to breed like now, 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 you know, they don't want to get any, uh, spend any time actually keeping the species to make sure they actually enjoy them before they start making more of them. Yeah. You know, were they, were they, uh, yellow neos, red neos? Do you, do you have any idea? Um, the female (laughs) was likely a red and the male was likely a yellow from the looks of it. Cool. So could have a mixed clutch. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's really exciting. What, uh, works out. He was, he's, he was all over her, man. Like I said, he was really aggressive about it. Uh, I call him problem child because he's, he only eats live. I cannot get any frozen thawed to save my life. Um, female eats anything I put in front of her and the male has gotten himself stuck in PVC pipe and done some other really <laughs> goofy shit. So he's, uh, he's like in a padded room of a tub now Absolutely separated. Named. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny, dude. I'm I'm stoked for you. I one like, you know, being being your first first just clutch of eggs. Period is huge. Second, like, dude, breeding chondros. It's not easy. That's yeah. dude. You're you're almost halfway there getting eggs. Like that's yeah, that's the, killer. That and that dude, first leg of the yeah. journey is like getting the easy egg. You know, the eggs is the easy part, and it's getting the the worms to come out of them that's kind of the hard part yeah well and then getting those worms to feed yeah dude but that's killer and it's a it's a biak to biak pairing like that's so cool i i it it always you know like i i was looking at um one of the facebook forums or you know whatever uh sometime sometime last week maybe and and you know there's always these these comments where people are like Hey, who's got who's got what for sale? I want to I want to get a green tree, uh, anything but a biak. I'm like, dude, but they're so cool. Yeah, like, that's something I, I've I mentioned it. previously. Is they kind of get the label of like the trash chondro. Yeah, like they you know they they have this this stigma of you know being being less than or you know like the. Yeah, the trash chondro, and I'm like, dude, they're but they're so variable. They're like, they they get like big, like mm-hmm. just you know from a, a stereotype, and they're aggressive, so they're gonna be like good feeders. Like, yeah, I man, I I love I love BX. I think they're awesome, and so it it really bums me out that there's not more people like doing. Biak to Biak pairings, and I think like, that's going to be changing. I mean, you have Justin Wilbanks doing, you know, his. He focuses a lot on the Biaks, and yeah, uh, I think yeah, and, Fisher I mean, does Fisher, a little obviously. bit with them. Yeah, and so I think that's all going to going to change eventually. You know, yeah. Just... Well, I'm I'm stoked on it, man. I'm I'm really excited for you. I'm excited. I'm going in with high hopes and low expectations. So that's that's a healthy way to approach yeah. in general, <laughs> I think. <laughs> whether you're breeding buying keeping that's uh that's probably probably good ingredients for yeah uh, for accurate expectations i've i've got plenty of them in my freezer and i'm oh, not afraid geez. to admit it yeah and i you know i i want people to learn from my mistakes and so when i people ask me about different stuff in terms of like parasites and whatnot it's like don't do what i did and wait to treat you know here's <laughs> I got an experience for just about everything. 
<clears throat> like, don't use ice cold water with your baby green trees. Because freak accidents happen and they drowned. Oh, jeez. That one still stings. Because that was one of the uh, that was one of the babies I got from Luke. It's like the really nice one that was rocking and rolling, eating perfectly, doing great, like perfect stripe down the back, everything. Gave it cold water from the fridge to refill its water bowl because I was trying to keep it hydrated. It was going to a shed cycle and found uh-huh. it dead in the water bowl. No like, way! Yeah, yeah in it, the water bowl. Yep. And, and it like, wasn't even a, a like a deli cup. Yeah. Wow. Not even anything huge. Uh, the only thing I can think of that happened is it just somehow wound up in there, got too cold, you know, shut down and and drowned. But who knows? That snake was completely healthy otherwise. There was hey, no reason wild. for that to happen. Yeah, that one was rough. That that sucked. <clears throat> and it hurt even more to have to send Luke the picture and be like, dude. I'm sorry, like this is what happened. Because Luke's such a nice guy, and Luke, oh, dude, Luke cares about his animals a lot. And I was like, man, this is gonna suck. Like, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Luke's super cool. I've gotten to to talk to him a lot more recently, and it's it's been fun going back and forth with him. Yeah, he's a trip. I talk to him on a pretty regular basis. Yeah, he's a good dude. But uh, in terms of what you keep right now, what do you? What are you, you have like locality stuff? You keep some designers. Like, what do you what do you focus on mostly in terms of what you're breeding and what you're keeping? Yeah. So, so when I got into chondros, I I got my first one off off Craigslist, and because my mindset I feel was like we all like, did because Luke did too. Yeah. Luke's first creature was a Craigslist chondro. My first creature was a Craigslist chondro. Yeah, well, it's like, man, my like, I I had logic to it where I was like, dude, I, I've seen, I've seen like the the price tag on some of these green trees, and dude, if if this is my first one, like, I've heard all the like the rumors of these being really hard, really like, you know, easy to kill snakes. Like, I I don't want to I don't want to have a Ferrari for my first car if I'm learning to drive. Right, it. right, right. Like, like I would much rather have, you know, a car off Craigslist that is a total beater yep. and, and I can, you know, like bump around in it. Like it's, I can hit stuff and get scratches and I'm not going to be like mm-hmm. totally gutted if something happens. So I got this, this, um, undocumented, like it, it's just a, just a mutt, um, yellow Neo. Um, the guy told me that he, he thought it was like a Biak and, and Maruki cross, but you know, who knows? Right. And, and she is, it's this, uh, melanistic female that I have now. And she turned out fantastic. Like the, the older she got, the more black and, and everything. So I was like, Oh dude, like I hit the freaking lottery. Like this is incredible. Like, See, and that's, that's what I love that's about, I like, some of the imports, like, some of the imported babies and stuff. Everyone's like, I don't want an imported baby, but that's, like, half the excitement for me is having no idea. Like, it could come out to be something spectacular, or it could come out to be, like, a green snake on a stick. But regardless, oh, yeah. it's and, still a pretty and snake. that's just chondros in general. But like, I just love dude, rolling the, the dice like that. I don't, I don't, I don't, no one else does, but, man, I love, yeah. I love just not, not knowing and just picking up, you know, something at a show, something cheap. Be like, this could be something, or it could be just a nice snake, period, but. Yeah, for sure. I mean, dude, the chondros, chondros are playing the lottery. 
And yeah. so if, if you're the if you're the person that you know that likes you know A plus B equals C, then these might not be for you. But man, if you if you want to put you know X and Y together and come out with you know elephants like dude that's this is your snake because it's like dude you don't know what's gonna pop out like Mm -hmm. and so that's what happened with this first snake that i got this first chondro and i was hooked on like the possibility for crazy colors and so i i got really into the calico line um so i have um i have three calico line males um, from like like different branches off the calico tree, mm-hmm. if you will, um, and uh, that's like the the calico stuff is, is my my like predominant focus. Like it, when I like if I if I buy more green trees, um, that's likely going to be the the way I, I gravitate. Mm-hmm. I just think like the the crazy colors on the green tree pythons are just like there's nothing better. Like the the oranges, the the like black and yellow and the you know, just the crazy diamonds in contrast with everything, like it's it just doesn't get any better for yeah. me. Um I think the locality stuff is great. I I think it's awesome and I tip my hat to the guys that stick to the locality stuff. Um, but for me and my, my like real focus is going to be like crossing the, the different calico lines back in, like kind of weaving the tree back together yeah. and out crossing it into, um, some of the other, the other lines. Um, but, um, uh, so I, I would, I would consider myself, a like a designer, keeper those are those are the snakes mm-hmm. that i i gravitate towards are, are more the designer stuff over the, the like strict locality yeah that's, that's a question i get asked by a lot of people too is like do you like localities or designers more and my answer is always all of them yeah it's yeah like, i don't dude you know, there's uh, there's there is no ugly green tree. Like, it does they, not exist they're all they're all so cool they all have like so much to offer mm-hmm. in you know in so many things and and honestly dude like I, I have I have people ask me like, hey, if if you were gonna get like, what would you get for your first pair or your first green tree? Mm-hmm. And I I tell I tell people if I was to do it all like if if I you know sold all my, all my collection or you know my house burned down and like I didn't have any any green trees left like if I was gonna start again, I would I would get uh, a biak female if if i could but just uh, i would get a a biak i would get it young and i would get like uh some male with designer blood mm-hmm. even even a green you know uh, a green snake from a, a blue lineage or a green snake from calico line like something that right. people something are... that, that carries it but isn't necessarily yeah. showing it but it's there yeah and I would and I would mix it with with BX stuff and dude that's that's like a, an awesome way to 
get into like the crazy colors mm-hmm. that green trees can offer. Um, and so, um, thankfully I don't have to worry about that right now <laughs> unless my house burned down tonight. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, a lot of people give Beox a hard time, but if you look at a lot of those crazy lineages, there's some, <clears throat> there's some Beox in there as part of the ingredient, you know, to make it oh, happen. Oh, for sure. There's something yeah. there. there. There is. And I, and I like it. So, so yeah, I, I love the calico stuff. I, I love the crazy colors and that's, that's where I'm headed is, man, I, I want to make some, some snakes that people look at and go, wait, why is that called a green tree python? Yeah. Or you say, know? wait, that's real. Like, yeah. It's not photoshopped. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Totally. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's the stuff that I, I really like dive deep into is is the the crazy colors yeah that's the thing i'm most excited to see when we go to carpet fest this weekend is seeing uh pn cody's chondros he's got some just friggin phenomenal green trees yeah dude they have some wild ones and i think they have some for sale but they're out of my tax bracket yeah yeah they they definitely have some for sale that are high dollar they have some Mm -hmm. from uh um, I think they have some from uh, Morpheus was was a um, like a stud male that they have that just has crazy lineage in him uh, and then even like uh, I think there's a snake called Jingle Bells that they had mm-hmm. um, and dude it, it threw crazy colors like um, they, they have some awesome stuff over there is that ever like something that worries you though when you get into designers you know you spend all this money on it does it make you more paranoid that something's going to happen to it uh yeah i I think it does um like you know just the the like i don't know the financial risk of putting putting more money in to you know if if something were to happen to it like you'd obviously feel super bad um but I, you know, I, I don't disagree. Like I, I like it when I see people selling green trees for a lot of money mm-hmm. because one, I think it keeps, you know, it, it keeps out just kind of the, the riffraff right, right. reptile keepers that are, you know, just, just looking to, you know, get something new without doing any research. And, you know, I, I think it, it keeps, keeps some of them away. Um, and so that's why the Condro community is so cool is because the people that are in it, they really care because yeah. they're, there's like they're a financially, yeah, there's invested. like a threshold that you have to kind of cross over as far as yeah. like a financial investment. And yeah. And a study think, investment. Like yeah, you, you like got to put in time are... to learn the stuff. And so it's, you don't get many people that just like stumble in to Condros yeah. and yeah. end up staying for a long time. Yeah. There's some of them, but like Condros are kind of behind the curve as far as as you know people who were in and out and it's not like ball pythons were just kind of exploded you know chondros are there's always going to be sort of a smaller that community is just never going to get to the size of you know corns or balls or anything like that it is like i agree with you though it is nice to see guys you know like ian selling snakes all on a regular basis uh yeah with as many babies as he as as he cranks out great example yeah because that dude one, Ian is 
fantastic at marketing himself yep. at like, you know, keeping, keeping S and J reptiles in front of your face all mm-hmm. the time. Like, um, he's, he's become one of those people that when anyone in a group asks who has what for sale, yep. everyone's His saying, name, yep. he gets you tagged need to, in you it need to go every check out time. Yeah. But dude, Ian is selling yellow Neos that aren't like, aren't designer, like, mm-hmm. like from, from like designer lines, but they're, they're locality mixes, yellow Neos and he's selling them for 800 to a thousand dollars and he's not budging on the price. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, you know what? This snake is worth this much to me and I promise it'll be worth it if you buy it. Yeah. And for me, I know some people like some people grumble about that stuff of like, Oh, why would you sell a yellow Neo for that much? Like mm-hmm. it's not worth that. And I'm like, no dude, like they are worth it. Like, and if like the, the crazy thing about these snakes is they don't come with price tags on them. Like yeah. you get to decide how much you want to let something go for. Like, you know, the, I, one of the things I, I always tell people is in, in like the snake hobby, nothing has a price tag. Like the price that a snake is going to sell for is the lowest price that someone's willing to let it go for and the highest price that someone's willing to pay for it. Right. Like finding that middle ground, yeah, that equilibrium, that determines the price. And so, you know, there's some, there's, there's some people that will keep lowering the price on an animal until it sells. Mm Mm-hmm. And Ian's one of those guys that just says, "I'll hold it forever." Is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is what the price is. I, I don't love care this if it animal. stays with me. I'll keep it. Yeah. If it doesn't sell, but here's the price, and if you want it, I promise it'll be worth it. And yeah. and he's he's doing great. He's crushing it. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of guys that do that though. They get a clutch and they they're like, "I'm gonna hold on to these for a year," which is what I plan to do. You know, I don't plan yeah. to immediately put any mine up. I you know I told Harlan like I want to hold on to them if it's a smaller clutch perfect you know that way i'm not the less mouths to feed the better kind of sort of thing when when it comes to that Um, sure but yeah you get guys you get get those guys that they they hatch out babies and they're you know after 10 meals whatever they're like selling them and then they end up selling them couple you know three years later they see a picture of that baby and then they're like yeah well you sold this to me and it's like shit if i just held on to it for you know a year yeah okay so so i was talking to, to bill spiegel about this and because Bill is, did he he does that, and he does it on purpose. So, like he he just did this uh, sickness repeat pairing, right? right? Yeah. So the the same parents of the sickness, they put them together. He got you know another like twenty eggs or something from from this Wamina female, mm-hmm. uh, and he he will sell. It's an all red clutch. You know they they're all you know varying amounts of you know red to black and, and somewhere in there, and he'll sell them. And you know he sold one to uh, to Ike uh, Ike Leitner. Yep. Um, and it it turned out like it's that snake has turned black. Like it, uh, it looks like it is one. going the direction of yeah. the sickness. And so I asked Bill, I was like, dude, are you? Like, are you regretting your entire life right now? Like, did you, are you, do you wake up every morning and just go, man, I sold, I sold the one, like it could have been the one. And he, Bill's like, 
no. I love that he got that snake. Like, because one, you're, you know, you get to play the conjure lottery and like, if you win, that's great. But if you, if you do win, like you're going to show off that snake, you're going to talk about who you got it from. You're yep, going to yep. like, and people are going to be waiting the in best line kind of advertising. Yeah. For the next, the next time it goes around. Yep. And so Bill's like, dude, I that's love a when a snake turns out phenomenal for someone else because that means that there's going to be more hype to, you know, to come around the next time. Mm -hmm. And, and it's just rolling that Condro dice to see what happens. And I, I think it's brilliant. Um, I don't know that, (laughs) I don't know that I want to do it. Right. (laughs) Sounds good on paper. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the nice thing too, is like, if you sell it to somebody, you know, that you're at least decent friends with, you know, you can always Mm -hmm. be like, Hey, if that turns out to be a male, and you want to pair it up with this female, let me know. We can split, you know, babies, whatever. So that's totally. kind of, that was kind of the, the thing I did with Crested's when I got out of those was, you know, I, I, most of what I had left went to friends. And so if I ever decide to get back into them, I still have access to those same genes that I was working with before. So there is kind of a, I guess, a, a fail safe of sorts, you know, if someone's willing to, to do that kind of thing. But Totally. <clears throat> Yeah, we'll see. Like I said, I'd, I'd say that I'm going to hold on to whatever I get if I get anything. Again, I'm not assuming I'm getting babies. I'm assuming I'm getting eggs and hopefully fertile ones at that. Uh, you know, my plan is to hold on to them for a year and then kind of decide on who's staying and who's going and go from there and take whatever sells and take that money and roll it into nicer animals and then keep building that pyramid and there you go. making it happen. The snake empire. Yeah. That's, That's it. like I'm 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 patient, you know. I'm in no hurry. There's so many people oh. that are like, I'm gonna get a pair and I'm gonna breed them and I'm gonna get babies and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna have it all figured out in you know a year or two. And me, I'm just like, I'll start out with five babies and hopefully you know get a pair out of that and then go from there. I'm in I'm in no yeah. hurry whatsoever. Yeah, I love I love the people that <clears throat> that come into to groups or the forum or anywhere and they're they say. Who's selling a breeding age female? Like, no one. What are you you talking about? No, literally no one is selling a female that's ready to breed. (laughs) But yeah, it's that, it's that, hey, I I want it now mentality. Mm -hmm. And it's like, dude, that, that's just not going to work with these snakes. Like, you're, you're not one, even if you do get a female like that, she's probably not going to breed for at least a year or two after you get her acclimated into your, mm-hmm. into your room. And two, that's if you can find one because no one's selling them. No, They're holding on because they, they've bought them young and put in time. And, you know, like I, I've had, I've had my, my first, my first condo that, that I got from Craigslist. It turned out to be a female. Mm-hmm. And she's, she's how old is she? She's like, at least I've had her for six years, um, so she's at least like six or seven. Yeah, and still, still hasn't hasn't like done anything mm-hmm. breeding wise. And dude, they've condros. They'll break your heart. They'll they'll make you wait for it. They will they will 
teach you patience. Pain is a master. For sure. Yep. That girl, that girl that's going to be hopefully dropping for me soon, she's about five or six, too. And I'm, yeah. I'm all about, with any species, playing the long game on that, too. You know, waiting, giving the female an extra, you know, two years or whatever to to really get some maturity on her and not pairing them up as soon as possible. Because a lot of people did that with Cresteds. They were like, yeah, you can get them up to size in a year and pair them up. And it was like, no, like, they, I don't know. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm patient. I got the rest of my life to do this. To pair them, be patient for, um, you know, for the right season to, to happen for that female. And dude, it's just patience. Be patient, patient, patient. And you're, dude, you're, you are going to learn patience with, if you're, if she wraps the eggs well and does mm-hmm. maternal incubation, oh, dude, those are going to be the longest 50 days of your life. But, dude, it's, it'll be totally worth it. Like, it's incredible. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, now, going back to you just talking about seasons, what do you, when you pair yours, is there, do you cycle any of yours as far as temperature or food or anything like that? Or what do you? Yeah. So what's I, your, what's your I procedure do, with that? I do temperature cycling. I, I also do kind of light cycling. Just uh, my, I actually don't have lights in my cages, but my cages uh, sit facing uh, a big window in my office. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the seasons just naturally kind of, um, cycle through with the light, uh, coming through the window. But yep. I, since, since I'm down here in Texas and, and it stays, um, pretty warm, even, even into like November. Um, I, I will start dropping temperatures, um, around like December 1st um, and start dropping them um, through there. And then uh, like all of December, I'm dropping temperatures and then I pair, I I put males in with females on uh, uh, January 1st. Gotcha. Um, And so uh, I've, I've been, uh, pairing if if you know there's if there's a male that's like ready to go and and everything before that and he's cruising a ton and um, then I, I might put him in a week before that but uh, but I I I take the there was there's I think it was Rico uh, said it about emeralds uh, that if if you want to breed emeralds and you want to be successful at breeding uh, emerald tree boas then you got to pair them on January one, because obviously these snakes are looking at a calendar every day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's you know that's for for me being down here in Texas, it works because uh, even even in December we'll have some like crazy Indian summer days that'll will get hotter. But once once we hit like late December, January, and mm-hmm. February, like January and February are our coldest months, um, and so. Um, if I'm pairing on January 1st, then I have, uh, you know, at least two months where I can count on the temperatures being low enough to where I'm not getting like, it's not going to get above 70, 
72, 73 in, inside my snake room. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I do temperature cycling. I I don't really do food cycling. I, I might feed the, the females like a little more frequent, um, coming up to yeah, the season just to kind but, of beef them up a little bit yeah but uh nothing nothing super significant mm -hmm. uh and then i put the males in and uh i i let them be in for uh, a week or two until they kind of start slowing down or losing interest and then i'll take the male out give him a break feed him a small meal if he'll take it if not just keep a ton of fresh water in there and then after a couple days i'll Put him back in and see if he's still interested. What uh, what what other what other uh, conjures do you have? What are you working with? Um, all of mine but one are. Well, no, that's not true. My other female that I have is uh, she was sold as an Aru. I think she might have more going on than just being an Aru, but she's mm. got that really deep green. That's pretty pretty signature of them. Um. Her I would like to pair up later this year if I can find a male that isn't a Beok to pair with her because I don't want to just have my one male and just pair him everything constantly. Yeah. Uh, and so I have three other Beoks, two other Beoks uh, that are both still young. One of them is about probably two years old. The other one's about a year old or so. Uh, and then I have the one baby from Luke because I originally had two. Uh, but he is sending me another one come probably March or April. Uh, so I'll have two from that. And that pairing was, uh, the f dam was, uh, Jayapura cross, but she has some like Maxwell blood in her down the line. Um, and the male was his Craigslist chondro that was sold as a manaquari, which looks the part, but he just has him labeled as undocumented. Mm. So... Cool. That baby's rocking and, so all, and rolling. All those are from the the same clutch. The, yeah, those those babies they're... from Luke are. Yeah. Cool. That was his first pairing, but he's got uh, some cool stuff in the works with a, another snake from Irby, and he's got uh, Crazy Train or El Jefe, which is a absolutely ridiculously looking con, good looking Condro. If you've never seen it, and yeah, gonna, El Jefe is insane. Yeah, yeah he, he 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 won the Condro lottery on that. Yeah, one, he sure. did. Yeah, I'm anxious to see what he produces with that. <clears throat> I'm bummed he sold his Timors though. Dude, Timors Timors are another one that I have to keep reminding myself. You can just admire them. You don't <laughs> have to own them. I'm trying to get my hands on that male of his that sired the baby I have. I'm like, let me use him for this other girl I got. Let me find out. Dude, Timors are sick. I was talking to uh, uh, MJ uh, from the Snake Trap, MJ yep. Exotics, yep. and he's got he's got a uh, like I think he said he's got like three point three or mm -hmm. he, he's got a lot he's got a lot of team wars. That's a lot and, of snake, dude. I I was getting getting too excited talking to him about it. And I finally was like, dude, I just, I just can't talk to him about team wars anymore. Like, I got to <laughs> stop, or else I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start pulling triggers and trying to trying to make things work where I can fit bigger cages and I don't need that. I remember it wasn't that long ago you couldn't get your hands on those for shit. Oh yeah, like, those were really hard to come by. 
Yeah, it seems like they've they've made a kind of a cool resurgence. Oh, very much so. into the hobby. Yeah. Same with with scrubs in a sense. It's nice to see scrubs kind of getting their their day in the sun, just so to speak. Yeah. But I let I let Jake handle those. Like yeah, I said that one, that's, that's that's too a, much space for me to want. Yeah, to that's another one that so. that I I've chosen to just just admire. <laughs> if I if I had if I had a huge room with huge cages and mm-hmm. uh, tons of money and my the ability to to import stuff, dude, I would have a room full of Malukan scrubs. Those yeah, things the are, are sweet, unbelievable. They're freaking gold. Jake has a bar neck and it's a small one and that thing is cool like there's definitely more going on upstairs with those than other snakes like when that thing's on it's on like you can tell and it's really cool because as soon as you open the cage he kind of like starts sort of they're they're super bold like that's the weird thing is like even when they're small like that you open the tub well it's not in the tub anymore but when you would open the tub he'd literally just come right out of the hide and start like sizing you up and he's like those things don't back down man it's crazy to see a snake that's just like Bring it on, motherfucker! Like, I ain't scared. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, he needs. He he's super stoked to be getting more of them. That's cool. And I'm gonna get his psychotic bretelli. What do you got uh, lined up for the the? You got any plans for breeding this year? Yeah, so I, I have. Uh, I've been pairing both my females. Um, my so. Uh, I I got really the my my whole story with Condros is summed up with the phrase I got really lucky uh, <laughs> because I again I I got really lucky and I, I've been good friends with Matt Morris um, down in Austin for a long time and and he he was uh, wanting to to get out of of Condros, he's just had some some heartbreak and stuff with uh, with Nido, and just he he lost a ton of animals, and mm-hmm. so he uh, he asked me if if I wanted to take over some of his like animals that have been asymptomatic, totally healthy, but he he just needs a break from green trees, and so I was like, yeah. I was like, man, I like. I think I can make it work, and so uh, I, I've had them over here for for a while now, and they've they've all adjusted really well. They're doing great, and uh, one of them is uh, this uh, male from Rob. Well, yeah, Rob Worrell, uh, and his uh, Noah to Chloe clutch, and it's. Like Noah and Chloe is it, it's just this famous clutch from from Rob Oral that throws crazy colors, mm-hmm. like, uh, just uh, a lot of high yellow animals. Yep. Um, and this one, Jack, is he's I, I think he was the only one in the clutch that ended up turning like melanistic. Like he he's got this like black wash all over him. Mm-hmm. He was a yellow neo. He's super cool um if if you saw on on my instagram account he he is the one with like the most massive spurs 
Oh yeah, yeah, that seen. everyone was sure. Was the Dude, that's a that's a whole different. We story. gotta cover that. We gotta talk oh about that because I was laughing too hard at that. Yeah. Dude, so I, I'm pulling I, it up so I can read the like, <laughs> like I, I am fully aware I was like, that, oh my God. that like they don't look like typical spurs, especially if you're a ball python guy, especially if you're a boa guy. Those like are freaking antenna, you, you know, dude. Yeah, they are. They are antenna. Like they are antlers coming off of them, but spurs nonetheless. <laughs> and and so. Yeah, I posted that video, and, and you've been fighting the masses ever <laughs> since, dude. I I have tried my best to fight the good fight and Did hold you, my have ground. Have you given up on it, dude? It's it's just gotten too much. Like there was there's too many too many people. Like, hey, those are hemi beans. Hey, those are hemi beans. Hey, that's the snake's dick. Hey, like, <laughs> and I'm like. Like no, it's not. Like if you knew anything about like snake anatomy, you would know that there is no way. Like, but those, the funniest part about things. it is that there's people that are like refusing to believe you. Like they're yeah. saying it with such <laughs> conviction. That's the funniest part of it. Yeah, totally. So everyone is their own expert all the time, and you know you can you can do whatever you want. You can give him all the evidence you can like there was there was one guy who he was like i am a professional herpetologist this is what <laughs> i do those are spurs like if if they were hemi beans they would look red swollen like morelia have big hemi beans these are not them i am a herpetologist mm-hmm. and people right below him are going Hey, those are heavy pains. And I'm like, oh God. I'm like, what are you doing? There's a guy that says that's the hemipenis. Actually, please Google pelvic spurs and look at the pictures. Pelvic spurs are much more smaller and can't be moved. This hundred yeah. percent looks like the snake hemipenis. Yep. So our P Regius already ripped off one of their spurs. I still have it, so I know how a spur looks. Yeah, <laughs> trust me, it. I know. And it's like, dude, you yeah. have you have one ball python. I promise that you are that guy who has one ball python, and you are you are believing that you know everything. Oh, the fossil, about snake yeah. Anatomy. The fossil guy cracked me up the most. He said, "Please shut up. Snakes never had legs. I'm gonna need some proof on that and some fossils. There is none that means they never did." But he didn't spell any of that in actual English. Well, you know. There's, I I can neither confirm nor deny. I I myself have never found any snake fossils, but I would also venture that that guy hasn't either. So if there are no snake fossils that you yourself have found, does that mean snakes don't exist? Yeah. Like what? <laughs> so yeah, it that that video it it actually did really well for the account yeah. it brought in a ton of comments like you know controversy brings tons of attention apparently um but yeah it was hilarious the guy so, says not necessarily true i've seen female ball pythons with huge spurs spoiler alert it's probably not a female yeah some people man my god I just remember yeah. reading it and I was just it, laughing. If you ever so if you ever want a good laugh, you can you can go back through there's like a a trillion comments. Yep, hundred and seventy. 
Yeah, where you can go and just, you know, facepalm yourself all night long from the incredibly uh, ignorant comments that people are making. It's uh, it's pretty good. So yeah, that nail <laughs> has been paired with, <laughs> you said with, I regret my, everything. with my melanistic female. And the uh, the the spurs that he has are <laughs> are put to use. They watch the video of him now and it's making me laugh. So They're like little animatronic job done. Little animatronic antennas. <laughs> just people are ridiculous. Oh. Yeah, that was worth its fair share in entertainment value. I highly recommend people go and read that and just watch yeah. the world burn. Yeah. Please, if you want to see ignorance at go. its finest, yeah, and and help me out, please, yeah. please go comment <laughs> on all all the posts that haven't been reprimanded yet, and yeah. go go have my back. Go defend it. Yeah, please help fight the good fight. Cool. Well, if people want to do that, where can they go and find you? Ah, uh, that is a great question. So yeah. Uh, the, Best, best places on Instagram, you can follow at Texas Chondros. It's actually not Texas Chondros. It's TX Chondros. Um, and yeah, follow, follow us there. Uh, and then Facebook. Uh, we have a Facebook page um, that's like my my personal snake page mm-hmm. for Texas Chondros. It doesn't have all the, all the other um, uh, breeders and everything uh, on there. Uh, but then if you if you want to be friends, you can follow me, Mark Hager, H E G E R. Wakeboarding coolness. Yeah, the uh, the old wakeboard life. That's uh, that's my full time full time gig. I, I tell people that I'm I'm not a professional wakeboarder, but wakeboarding is my profession. So, I I, um, I I've been in the wakeboard industry for many many moons. And I've been lucky enough to to stay in it and actually uh, make a living with it. So it's been pretty fun. Yeah, you're not a big Facebook guy, are you? I uh, I I'm on Facebook relatively frequently. Like I'll go and and you know hang out and, and mm-hmm. lurk a little bit, but I don't uh, I don't put put mo- like much of my own stuff on there yeah um, i just noticed you're you you seem much more active on uh on instagram and stuff than you do Facebook. yeah, so. yeah it's it's uh, you know everyone everyone said it a thousand times but you know I, facebook just it it breeds like it's turning into arguments. thunderdome yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it, it's the controversy t- like the second you post anything all. It's gonna it's gonna offend people or ignite passion in people, and and those uh, those two sides are gonna come together and desire to kill each other. Like, so I can't even post a meme on the Herpeticulture podcast page without someone being like, "That's incorrect. You don't. You shouldn't say that, or you shouldn't do this." I'm like, "It's a freaking meme, people. Like, have a sense of humor. My God, yeah, dude. I I really liked the one I you posted <laughs> recently about the the." Like scaleless grim oh, reaper. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I thought dear. that was pretty good. I was waiting I for the pitchforks awesome. to come out because I was like, "There's gonna be someone." Like I always wait for that one because it's always yeah. one person that just has to come in and like completely be a fun sponge and just. Oh, dude, suck it, that, it was all up. Good, and was that was like, a good. I was like, "I'm waiting one. for well it." Done. 
I'm waiting for it. It's going to happen. But I think one person was like, what's wrong with Scaleless? There's nothing wrong with Scaleless. Some people like them. Some people don't. I don't have a problem with them. I'm never going to keep one because I feel like the yeah. whole point of keeping reptiles is to have something with scales. But <laughs> the yeah, moment they start, own. yeah, the moment they start coming after green trees with that scaleless shit, though, that's when I'm going to be like, all right, now I'm drawing the line. Like carpets, you were pushing it. You know, I will now, burn. Yep, you to go. I'm going to find ground. you. It's going to be like taken. This is so. This is actually kind of harder to do without Jacob around. Yeah, and he knows it. Dude, not not having not having a co-host is uh, is tough stuff. I uh, so for for um, a good part of my job, I'm I'm the announcer for uh, like the pro wakeboard tour. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of the the big wakeboard events, and some of it, I I get to have a co-announcer and and you know you, we get to banter back and forth mm-hmm. during stuff and you know it, it keeps the you just have someone else going. to fill in the the, the crevices. Uh, but dude, when you're when you're all by yourself, just talking like, and and then it's not even doing interviews. Like I'm mm-hmm. literally talking to thousands of people that are not talking back to me yeah. <laughs> for hours. And it's like, oh gosh, what what yeah. has my life come to? This one, I just I'm all thrown off my game tonight because I'm tired and I thought I was gonna have my regular table and I don't. I'm in the snake room and I hate this table. There's no space and it's hot and and the mummy is making noise and the mummy's in the background. All right, man, I'll let you get your night back. Cool, dude. Yeah, this is fun. Yeah, I'll get you back on. Like I said, you know what? We originally. Uh, for a little backstory real quick for people too like this was originally going to be like a thing you and i were going to do similar to like how joe and melissa do theirs and ended up uh you're joe i'm melissa yeah it ended up just kind of changing up a bit and that's you know whatever but yeah man i honestly i it you know it, it was it was kind of uh cool how it happened where i think i saw I think it was on Joe and Melissa's yeah, it was. chat it was. room or something. And you, you were talking about starting a Contra thing. And I was like, oh, dude, I got to message this guy. I've been thinking the same thing. Like, we we need to do it. And then, like, dude, the last, like, two months, like, it was after we had started talking about it. Like, everything got so busy in, mm-hmm. in my world. And I was like, dude, I... I still want to do this so bad, but I just got to say no. Like I, I just don't have time to do it every week right now, like to be committed yeah, to yeah. it every week. But dude, if there's, if there's, uh, any time where you, when you need someone to jump in and I have availabilities, I'm, I'm more than happy to help. And whether that's co-host or just, yeah, man, I'll definitely make it happen. Way, I honestly, with this rig I have for, for having calls on the soundboard and stuff, I haven't even tried a three-way call to see if it even works as well as I hope it will. Um, it'd probably be easier with it just being me and the mic, because I know when we have guests on THP, I sound fine, but Jacob's mic, maybe because it's further down the line on the mixer, he's harder to hear for some reason. So maybe if there's just one mic and there's two people on the phone, it might work a little better. I don't know. i got to experiment with it. I just haven't taken the time to do it, but... Definitely be down to make that happen. You know, whenever you're free, you have an open invitation. Just like I tell everyone else who's come on, you know, anytime you want to kick back and just bullshit about green trees, man, that's what this is all about. And keep it pretty, pretty informal and casual. And yeah, well, I dig stuff. it, man. I'm I'm glad you're doing it because it's it's fun. It's you know we 
the the green tree nerds man we we need mm-hmm. we need more of this stuff we we want to hear from everyone and so yeah, i'm yeah. i'm glad that there's another uh another piece of media where we can get out there and, and just spend more time of the week learning and Definitely. listening about green trees and that's the that's the overall goal you know i want there to be more information out there for people who are getting into them you know and to be able to hear from you know like people with experience and people who you know have kept them for a while and kind of have how they do things and hear different perspectives and different opinions and you know just get get the the chondro community out there more i'm still getting the uh still getting the the doing it without jacob staring at me from across the table but that's an adjustment working on it he he is your safety blanket he is little guy's always there for me (laughs) she's like hey man this is Jacob Bratz, JLB Moralia. That was spot on. Well done. He's got, yeah, he's got that, that weird smoker's voice. Like that 90-year-old <laughs> grandma who's been smoking since she was 12. Rasp. I can't wait for him to listen to this. <laughs> I don't even, he hasn't even listened to the episodes before. He's not, He hasn't listened to any of it. I'm like, you listen to it yet? He's like, no, man, I've been busy. I'm like, you don't want to listen to it. You're just, he's just jealous. I told him about it. He's like, "You're gonna you cheating on me?" It's like, "No, dude." I'm like, "If you did a Popwin podcast, I'd let you do it. And if you knew how to work any of this stuff, go for it." Yeah. Hey. He's like, "I don't know how." I was like, "Well, you learn, then you can do it whenever you want. I support that." But I'm just one of those types. Like, I always got to be doing something. Like to me, like downtime doesn't exist. And so it's yeah. This was it's like when you were like, "Let's do the podcast." I was like, "Hell yeah!" I was like, "I'm gonna." Get it ready by next week, and you were like, "Wait a second, <laughs> jumping in head first. <laughs> I was like, come on, <clears throat> floor it, balls to the wall." Yeah, that's funny. But you know, I when I have the equipment and I have the time and the know-how, I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't use those skills for good. Absolutely. Well, dude, you're doing you're doing good. I'm I'm glad you're doing it, man. I. All the all the episodes so far, I've I've really enjoyed. I think they've been awesome. Yeah, it's probably gonna have a week off of THP and this because we have Carpet Fest and then post Carpet Fest, I think we're gonna have Ian on THP to talk about all the money that was raised. Nice. Um, which speaking yeah, of Nido, they hit over 20, yeah, they hit over twenty thousand for freaking Nido research, which is insanity. Yeah, like that's they super are cool. blowing the records out of the water for Carpet Fest setting the bar so high <clears throat> but I'm crazy yeah, I'm excited crazy. for it I haven't been to a carpet fest before this is my first one. Oh, dude they're awesome it's they're gonna so be fun. gonna be insanity yep <clears throat> but alright man we officially let this thing go now we're uh cool. hour 35 hour 36 um once again TX Condros on Instagram Hunt him down. Yeah. That's me. If you want to find, find the coolest green trees on the grams. Hey, all coming from Texas. Yeah. All right, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, dude. Thanks for having me on. <laughs>